live from Parts Unknown, it's the KNA Sports Picks Podcast. Hey folks, it's KNA Sports Picks Podcast, and we're back. Lot going, lot going on in sports. How are you doing, TK? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's an exciting time. Um, NFL is two weeks from being back. Um, at the point of the season where the Rangers, after losing 11 of their past 12 games, are stick a fork in them, they're done. While the Dodgers have the opposite problem, they're running away uh, with it. So not really worried about baseball for until October. So I'm ready for some football. Yeah, I'm ready for football too. As you may know, the uh, anytime it looks like something good's happening with the Mets, they 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 find a way to uh, snatch uh, defeat away from from victory. Uh, we had the ownership debacle um, where the Fred and Jeff Wilpon were coming down on on uh, our general manager. Um, so that was a mess, and they lost the doubleheader to the the Dodgers today. So hopefully the Wilpons will will sell soon, and we can have some relief and and enjoy in the, in the Mets world. But I'm very excited about the upcoming NFL season. It's going to be weird without the fans. Oh yeah, yep. But just glad to have some games and hopefully some normalcy for the fall and you know i think it definitely is going to make it a more level playing field i know the seahawks will miss having the the 12s to cheer them home but they're kind of a weird team sometimes this past few years they've been playing better on the road so who knows (laughs) yeah last year they were four and four at home um and they were they were actually seven and one on the road uh, which is surprising. And part of it has to do with the, you know, the schedule and, and who you play. But um, last year they didn't have much of a home home field advantage, and I think it had a lot to do with the pass rush because I think about seasons past with the crowd and, and the Seahawk pass rush and, and their secondary gets amped up. It seems like that the 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 twelves. It's a big effect. On, on defense, but the defense was was so mediocre last year that it didn't didn't have that big of an impact. But here's hoping for an improved Seahawks defense. And with that, do you want to yeah. start us off? It's our annual tradition of making our, you know, putting it out there for the whole world, letting the world know where we stand on our division. And playoff picks for the National yeah, Football League. Yeah, it's exciting. All our listeners have been clamoring. Can't wait to hear our, our thoughts on football season. Um, before we get dive deep in, into the football, uh, your beloved Mavericks, my beloved Mavericks lost. Um, you want to touch on the end of the Mavericks season? Yeah, well, I think this is a very – this Mavericks team is ascending. Um you know, the the offense was one of the best in the league. The defense, be interesting to see in the offseason if they go out and get a defensive-minded player because they were giving up a lot of points there. Um, 
But, I mean, this is a young team full of young players. I mean, I think Luca's 20 or 21. Their championship window is just beginning to crack open. So they're going to be back these next few years. I think they're one to two years away from making a deep run. But I think this was a good experience. You know, they played one of the best teams in, in the league to six games. They showed some heart and grit. So this is more the beginning of the Mavs fans. So I'm definitely excited for what the next few years will bring. So what is, what is the next step for the Mavericks? It seems uh, like that uh, Luca, um, because of how talented he is, everyone you know puts him on this. Uh, uh, you know he's the next Bird, Magic Johnson, um, LeBron as far as talent, like one of the top couple talents in the NBA. But it seems like teams get very physical with them. So do you, you think that the Mavericks need an enforcer, uh, a power forward? I think, they, I think they definitely need an enforcer because, I mean, we saw in this Clipper series, things got pretty uh, chippy. So I think they definitely need a big, you know, you remember during their, um, their 2011 run, I think they had Tyson Chandler, yeah, the, kind of the big man in the paint who could, you know, provide some physicality. I think they need someone like that. A few veterans would be great because they're a very young team and some help on defense. But I think it's also just, I mean, he's so young. He's 20. I can't remember if he's 20 or 21. You know, he's so young in this league to where I think the older he gets and the bigger he gets too, I think some of those physical problems might become less so just as he kind of establishes himself. Um, so I'm not too worried about yeah, that. I agree. I also think that, uh, you know, KP Porzingis needs to, needs to stay healthy. And yes. That's a big, big factor. It seems like they play much better when, when he's healthy. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, the Mavericks have kind of struggled to lure, players to uh, Dallas. But now that they have those two stars, I wouldn't be surprised if, if uh, Cuban has a fairly active off. Uh, I, I think he's going to do his best to spend some uh, money and bring in some help this offseason. Yeah, I agree 100%. Because um, I know the Knicks, uh, the Nets, the, the Mavericks, some of these teams that have a whole bunch of money and try to lure... Uh, players saying, "Hey, we have we you know we're playing in this big market. We have all this cap space, um, but it seems like basketball has become such a global brand that players they don't need to to play in New York to right. to, to be a big star. So, like you're saying, you have to have what lures them is is a chance at a championship and and." You know, you need uh, you need to have a, a star like a Luca to be able to draw in a um, some of the uh, another superstar to um, to play play with them. Well, GK, I know the uh, NHL playoffs are in full swing. The Islanders, I think you said, are playing as we speak. They're as up two one. 
as we speak. They're up in the series 2-1, and it's uh, 1-1 going in third. Uh, so I have the game paused. Um, so we'll, so we'll what see. are your thoughts? How are the NHL playoffs looking? Do you feel optimistic about this series? Who And who do you think is going to win it all? That's a good question. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Philadelphia is an excellent team. I can see this series going seven games. Um, I'd have a lot of confidence in Berlamov and in, in the defense. Uh, Philadelphia may be have a slight advantage in their forward and their forward depth, but I think that the Islanders will will win in six or seven. Will win the series in six or seven. Um, but I don't think that they'll get past Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay has had all with Stamkos and all the the talent that they have. They just they're one of those teams, kind of like the Washington Capitals, who finally broke through. The Washington Capitals had with Ovechkin and um, Backstrom had all this talent, but it took four or five trips to the playoffs to finally break through. And I think that this is going to be the Lightning's year. I think they're 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 going to end up playing Las Vegas. Um, wow. I think Las Vegas will beat Dallas in the, in the semifinals. Of, but Jamie Benn's been playing well, and, and the Stars are, are on fire. They're up 3-1 to one in their series against the Avalanche. Um, but I think the Lightning will will beat Vegas in, in the finals. That's, that's, um, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping the Islanders will, will beat the Lightning. Um, that would, that I mean, would be amazing. Still dream of a New York-Dallas Stanley Cup. That would be fun. That would be fun. That would be fun. The dream is still alive. So, yeah, speaking of Dallas and, and New York, um, we'll get into that when we get into the NFC at East. But it's time for the National League football. It's always I always get pumped up. We're two weeks away, for, even though we're not having any preseason games. Um, so what I thought I'd uh, – we, we thought – uh, listeners, what we we would do? Sports Illustrated had an excellent article um, a week ago where they broke down each division. Uh, we're going to go over each division, what Sports Illustrated um, their prediction for each division, and then we're going to give our fearless picks. All but, right, uh, but don't take it to Las Vegas, don't take it to the bank because uh, me myself, I'm often a little bit off the, <laughs> off of the mark. Um, so the AFC East sports fascinating Ill- division. Yeah. Um, I disagree with, um, uh, we'll get into that. So they have the new England Patriots first 11 and five. They have, um, the Buffalo bills next at what are, what are the Buffalo bills at the 10 uh, and 10 six. And six. Yeah. They have the Jets at seven and nine, and the Miami Dolphins at at um, six and ten. So, what do you? What are your thoughts on that? On uh, New England first, uh, Buffalo Jets third, and Dolphins fourth. So I agree with that. I actually myself am picking the Patriots in the East. Um, this is a little controversial because it's so hard to know how the Patriots will do. They lost Tom Brady. They've lost players due to uh, COVID. But to me, I have to see it to believe it. I think Belichick is still a genius. 
I think Cam Newton will give them enough firepower to score the points they need. I think the defense will still be great. I think this Patriots team will certainly not be as good, but I have, and while I think the Buffalo Bills have a great defense, their offense I'm still not as sure as, and I still think while Belichick is the coach, I have to go with the Patriots in the East until they prove me wrong. Yeah, I'm going with Buffalo. Um, I love their defense, and I think they have a better defense than than New England. New England lost a lot of players that opted out, and you know I've opted out from watching the Mets for the rest of the season, so I can understand. I can understand people opting out for the season, but I. Um, and then um, the acquisition of, of Diggs is going to help um, Allen. Uh, and his maturation process is, is quarterback. Uh, so I think I think that that Buffalo will win the division. Um, the wild card, of course, with with the Patriots is 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 Cam Newton. But this being a COVID season and him coming off an injury, uh, it might be till later in the second half of the season before the Patriots' offense is gels. Um, and I, I would have the Jets way down. They have the Jets at seven and nine. I would actually have them at four and twelve. I wow. think that's a their roster is pretty poor, and they have one of the worst coaches in football. I actually like Miami Dolphins uh, to finish, um, you know, eight and eight or seven and nine, a little bit higher than what um, SI has wow. them rated. And I really like Brian Flores. Miami has a lot of of talent. Um, the question is, Fitz Magic. He always seems to do well the first year with the team, and then he kind of, uh, kind of fades. Um, I think this is going to be a red shirt, shirt year for Tua. I can't see him playing. Well, so you're. I would love for you to be right, and for the Bills to finally unseat the Patriots. It's going to be a fun year in the East. I'm looking forward to that first. Buffalo New England matchup of the season. Yep. Yeah, definitely. That's going it it's about time that uh we had some competitiveness. It's, since two thousand and eight. Well. Wow. Two thousand and eight was the last time that New England Patriots did not win the division, and that was with the greatness of Chad Penny when he was with the Miami Dolphins. So, little known fact. Um the Ever since Tom Brady was a starter in 2001, there was only one quarterback that that uh, other than Tom Brady that won in the NFC, uh, the AFC East, and that was Chad Pennington with the Jets in 2002, Chad Pennington with the Dolphins in 2008. Wow. So Josh Allen will be the second quarterback to end the Belichick magic. Wow. Of course, well, I needed way. Brady to get out of the division. <laughs> That's a great fact. <laughs> okay, moving over to the AFC North. Um, Sports Illustrated has the Ravens first, of course, eleven and five, followed by the Steelers at nine and seven, Cleveland Browns the third at nine and seven, and the bottom of the division is the Bengals at three and thirteen. Well, this is. I don't know what you think. This is another division where I think that it's up for grabs. Um, 
I think each year you have to have a little bit of a dark horse pick to kind of shake things up. And this year my dark horse pick is the Cleveland Browns. I think at 10-6, and six, they win the AFC North. I think the Ravens will not be as good as last year. I think Lamar Jackson is not going to be quite as good. And then the Steelers... Roethlisberger's back, but he's just old. I just don't know. I can't count on him to stay healthy for a full year. And even so, I think the Steelers, I think they're a mediocre kind of 9-7 and seven team. So I could see all three of those teams kind of being around 10-6. and six. But why not the Browns? You know, everyone was so high on them last year. And I think the pressure just kind of got to them. You know, there's so much kind of history of failure and and curses in uh, Cleveland, but I think Mayfield has a bounce-back year, and I think the Browns have the talent to win the AFC North, and I would think that would be awesome for that city. Yeah. Um, you know, Mayfield's a big question. And then new coaching staff in, in the COVID uh, era is a question mark. They have a lot of talent. But the question I have is Jarvis Landry, Beckham, Mayfield, Chubb. That's a lot of talent, but can, can it gel as a team? I mean, sometimes in the NFL, um, you know, it's not necessarily the most talented roster. It's a team. It's the roster that's made up of a cohesive, cohesive unit. Um, I, I'm going uh, to agree with Sports Illustrated in, you know, with, the, with the Ravens. Um, I think that they they have the best quarterback, best coach, um, best talent in the division. So, yeah, I, I, I will I will go with that. I agree with your assessment that uh, the the Steelers Ben Roethlisberger is getting a little old. I don't think that he'll age as well as a as a Brady, but they do have a tremendous defense. So I can't see. I I agree. I, I with Sports Illustrated Ravens eleven and five, and then um, Steelers and Browns at nine and seven. And you can, you know, who comes second or third? I don't know. I bet I think point, both yeah. both are nine and seven type teams. Well, GK, the next division to me was the easiest to pick, perhaps in the league, the AFC West. Okay. Any thoughts? Oh. <laughs> Kansas City Lockett. <laughs> I I agree with you and SI on this one. I think the Chiefs, I mean, they were obviously the best team last year. They've had a great, I think they've added more talent. I think, I don't know. I can't even think of a team that I don't know will even be 8-8 eight and eight in that previous sides be a Chiefs. So I think that one's going to be wrapped up by week 11 or 12. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the the Raiders do. Um, you know, they have a they've added they've added a lot of talent, young talent. Um, San San Diego with Tyra Taylor, and um, yeah, they're they're another interesting team. So yeah, it's really hard to see any any team giving giving the uh, the Chiefs much of a challenge. I would, I would, if I had to pick who would finish second in the division, just uh, I would go with with the Chargers, despite the questions on 
Tyrod Taylor and when they would go with Justin Herbert um, to replace him. Um, but I don't think – I don't anticipate um, one of those teams being a wild card team. And any thoughts on the first season as the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, this is going to be really interesting. It's unfortunate that there's going to be no no fans fans in the stands, but I think I think the Raiders are maybe a year or two away. Um, they're going to have a big decision on quarterback. Yeah. So for for them, a successful season is the maturation of their um, their young wide receivers. Um, and settling on it and finding out the answer if Derek Carr is is their quarterback. I heard some thoughts about Marcus Mariota not looking particularly good in in camp, but who knows? You know, we'll see if if at some point in the season they go with Mariota to replace Carr. I can't remember if it was 2017 or 2018. I think it might have been 2017 when I famously misfired and picked the Raiders to win the AFC and Jared Carr to be the MVP. So maybe there's still hope that one day that pick that pick will come true. Well, so we got one more division in the AFC. It's a much tougher division to pick. It's the AFC South. And Sports Illustrated has the Colts first at ten and six, uh, Tennessee Titans nine and seven, Houston Texans at seven and nine, and Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they picked them to be the worst team in football at two and fourteen. Though I think that the uh, Jets may give them a run for their money. But uh, do you do you agree? Do you agree with the Colts as the the preeminent team in the division? I do agree with that. I disagree that the Texans will be seven and nine. I think they'll be eight and eight or nine and seven. But I do think this is the year. The Texans, I think, have won that division the past few years. I do think it, this is the year the Colts regain. Um, Rivers was a huge coup for them. Um, I think they're a young team, but I think that gives them some veteran presence on the field. And I remember. I've always been a big fan. I think he has just such a leadership ability, and I think he's a great veteran asset on the field who can really lead a team, and especially kind of in these strange COVID times. I think having that kind of presence on on your team is huge. And the Texans, I don't know. There's just – I just think there's some – I hate to say this to Ed, but there's just some kind of – Almost the Cubs-like quality. I mean, they just had that complete collapse in Kansas City last year, where they were up what, like thirty-five to three, or twenty-eight to three, or something 20, ridiculous. Yeah, they were up by twenty-four points. Yeah, point. they were up by twenty-four points. They collapsed. They had the terrible trade this off this year. It just feels like there's just some bad energy right now around the. Texans. I just feel like that's going to carry over. I still think they have some talent. Um, I, um, but I think they're, I think they're going to be an eight and eight or nine and seven team this year. And I think the Colts are going to be ten and six, and that's going to be enough to win the South. Yeah, I actually am picking the the Houston Texans. And like it's, it. it's my my theory of going going with the best quarterback in the division. 
So when I look at Philip Rivers, I like Philip Rivers, and I agree with all your points in Philip Rivers. But from what I saw uh, in his last half of the season last year, he looked he looked shot. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if he he is capable to have a bounce back year. If he does, yeah, I would go with the Colts. But right now, I think Deshaun Watson by far is the best quarterback. I think it was a mistake for Tennessee to sign Tannehill um, to the extension. I think he, he had one good season. He parlayed it in, into uh, some money. I'm not sold. I'm not sold on him. Um, what I the other thing that I'm really interested in this division is the rookie Joe Burrow and to see what he's going to do with the Bengals. I'm sorry. Um, Gardner. I mean Gardner Minshew. That was. Gardner mentioned with uh, Jacksonville, interested to see what, what he's going to do with Jacksonville and um, whether he's the quarterback of the future or if they're going to draft um, Trevor Lawrence. I like it. Well, it should be a fun div- – I think besides the AFC West, I think all three divisions could be up for grabs in the AFC. Absolutely. Um, do you – is there a team that you think that that uh, could break through besides the Ravens or or Kansas City in the AFC, or do you see one of those two teams getting to the Super Bowl? No. Um, so my Super Bowl pick from the AFC is the Chiefs. I think they were they won the Super Bowl last year. I think they added more talent to their roster. I think Mahomes is just going to continue to get better. I think there's also like you said, in COVID, they probably have the least amount of need for big uh, changes. I think Reed is a good coach that can kind of coach them through this kind of strange time. Um, to me, they're, they're, they are the chalk pick, but I think they're the chalk pick for a uh, reason, and I'm going to go with the Chiefs. Yeah, I agree with you. They're, they're re- returning 10 out of 12 starters. Uh, they're all familiar with Andy Reed's system. Um, Mahomes, another year of maturity. Uh, I don't, I don't see anyone coming close, close to the Chiefs in the AFC. So, the NFC, NFC East, the NFC uh, Sports Illustrated has uh, both Philadelphia and the Cowboys fighting for the division. With they, they're picking Philadelphia at eleven five, the Cowboys at ten and six. And then the Giants at four and twelve, and and the Washington football team at three and thirteen, and that was the first time I got to call Washington the Washington football team. Oh. <laughs> so the East to me is a tough one, but I agree with SI and picked the Eagles as well. Um, the turning point for me after years of watching the Cowboys is seeing them with the division on the line. I heard Carson Wentz. They had every, the Eagles were so banged up. The Cowboys had everything going for them and they couldn't do it. And to me, I just think it's been a problem for the Cowboys for a decade. It's just, there's not, I don't know if they have resilience or kind of this mental toughness that you saw in these like, Belichick type teams. I think the Cowboys definitely have the talent to win the East, 
But I've just seen time and time again when there's been a lot of pressure or when their backs are against the wall, they just seem to crumble. And I think this year, just with the lack of fans, just with the strange situation, it's going to really pay to be kind of a unified team, to be a tough team. And the Cowboys, I just don't see it. I think they're going to have enough talent. But I think if they're playing the Eagles late in the year, it's going to be the same thing. They come up short. I think Wentz, this is the year he's going to finally stay uh, healthy the whole year. And so I I agree with this SI pick. After years of watching the Cowboys, it just seems like to me the script kind of writes itself. Do you think Mike McCarthy, though, will eventually affect the culture? I think he eventually will. I think he's a good coach. I think he's smart. There were, there are some questions I have of if if he's going to have enough independence to kind of do his own thing and get out of Jerry's shadow. Um, I don't know if he's enough strong enough personality to do so, but I think he has a good football mind. I think he could help Dak, um, but it's his first year, you know. He came during a difficult time with COVID. I think just any team with a first-year coach, as you pointed out, it's going to be a rough road. I think it's going to take a a few years. So I'd go with Wentz. I just think there's a little more experience and maybe cohesion on that team. Yeah. There's something something with the Cowboys, or at least in the past, that have all that talent. Um, But I'm actually going to go with, with the Cowboys because um, Wentz has been hurt the last couple of years. And, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, who the Eagles drafted in the second round, I don't think he's anywhere close to being ready. I think the Eagles will be in a whole world of hurt if Wentz gets hurt. I hope he can stay healthy for a full year. And one thing I think that Mike McCarthy did that was good was he kept Kellen Moore. Um, to be the offensive coordinator, so that at least that will bring keep some continuity yeah. on the Cowboys' offense. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can almost talk myself out of picking the Cowboys. This is tough. I mean, it's like a coin flip, but but I'll go I'll go with the Cowboys just because I think I think uh, Dak Prescott will be healthy all year. He's in and uh, you know he's got. Uh, a lot of offensive weapons, good offensive line. Um, the the question I have on the Cowboys is, will their def- will their defense hold up? Um, but I think they have um, enough firepower where I think that they'll win the division. Well, I like it. I hope you're right. And so the go to another tough division to pick. The NFC North. And um, reading through um, the Sports Illustrated's announcement, they are really down on the NFC North. I think it's going to be a yeah. pretty down year. They have the Green Bay Packers winning the division at 9-7, and seven, and Minnesota Vikings at 8-8, eight and eight, uh, Detroit Lions at 7-9. And, and they, they are they're very pessimistic about Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears. Yeah, I was – so you can go first, GK. What yeah. do you think about the North, and are you going – do you agree, or do you think they're being too harsh on the Vikings? 
No, I think the Viking the Vikings have lost some. They've lost some um, key key pieces on uh, defense um, and offense. Uh, actually, so I, I agree with their assessment that that uh, there's no powerhouse team this year. Um, so if I'm looking looking for a wild card pick, I always like to have one. Like you, you talked about the Raiders a couple of years ago. So yeah. I'm actually going to shock the world and go with Matt Patricia and the Detroit Lions. Um, that would be fun. I think, uh, uh, you know, Stafford is an excellent quarterback. Um, I think they, they're, they're building, they're building up their lineup. Their defense should be better. And it's it's a weak weak division, so I can see the Lions winning the division at nine and seven, or maybe you know squeaking out a squirrely win or two to get, get to get to ten wins. But I, I agree with the assessment that Chicago's in trouble, Minnesota's going to be a five hundred team, and the Packers are 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 going to be down from from last year. Well, I picked the Packers. Um... As well, I think you're right that this would be a division where it wouldn't surprise me if a team like the Lions snuck in because I do think the Packers are going to be down. I think we saw in the NFC Championship last year that they're just clearly not at a level close to kind of competing with the top teams in the in the um, league. But I still think they have Rodgers. I still think they have some talent on offense, so I think they'll have enough to get to nine and seven and ten and six and squeak out an NFC North victory. All right, and here's another tough, tough division to pick: uh, the South, where they have the Saints at twelve and four. This surprised me. They had Atlanta Falcons at ten and six, the Buccaneers at nine and seven. And Carolina Panthers to compete with Jacksonville in the Trevor Lawrence Bowl. They have them at two and fourteen. Wow, I am I'm going with the Saints. Um, I know there's a lot of hype. I think a lot of people think the Falcons could be better this year. The Buccaneers obviously are kind of a big um, question mark, but I think the Saints, Drew Brees. And the Saints are still the best team in that division, and I still think for one more year, I see them at a twelve at twelve and four, or thirteen and three, and, and winning the South fairly um, easy, um, easily. Yeah, I agree. I, I also like the Saints, but I, I'll say the Buccaneers will will um, will be a better team than the Atlanta Falcons. I uh, I know Atlanta. Finished well at the end of last year, but uh, I think Tom Brady and all those wide receivers that he has, plus Gronk. Gronk. Gronk is there. So, well, that um, would be fun. And I agree with um, with Carolina being being 2-14 and 14 in a rebuilding year. But um, they were pretty high on their coach, Matt Rule, so... We'll see how that that goes. So we're saving the best division, our favorite division for for the end, the NFC West. And I'm gonna I'm. This is where I was very upset. It took me a couple of days to get over over reading their analysis for this division. So, anyways, they picked the 49, 49ers 
eleven and five. The Rams at ten and six. They picked the Seattle, the beloved Seattle Seahawks at eight and eight, and they picked the Arizona Cardinals at seven and nine. Yeah, that was a a harsh analysis. I'll let you dissect it well, first. Well, yes, I will d- dissect it first. So, um, I mean, their big critique on the Seahawks is they they won a won a bunch of games last year. Close. I, I wonder if this this um, person even watched any of the end of the wrote, wrote it. Who who wrote this? They wrote it last year. Uh, oh, it was uh, Gary Grambling. Uh, anyways, um, the critique on this, the Seahawks—they they won a lot of lot of close games, and they might not go go their way uh, this year. But then the, he said the same same thing about the 49ers. The 49ers also won a ton of of close games last year. Um, do you like? Okay, so Seahawks eleven and five, eleven and five last year. Um, they they added um, a couple pass rushers, Bruce Irvin. Um, you know, not spectacular. So yes, they drafted a couple pass rushers. The pass rushing is still an issue, but they um, quant- they uh, made a trade for Quandre Jiggs. They have um, they made the big trade to get Jamal Adams. Uh, another year of Russell Wilson. Um, they signed. Um, um, a couple uh, wide receivers. I think I think they're, they're a game or two better than they were were last year. I think 49ers are going to have a hangover for the Super Bowl. I think it's definitely going to come down to to San Francisco and the Seahawks. And I'm I'm going to go with uh, the Seahawks this year. I think they they have the best secondary in football, and their pass rush will be a pass rush by committee. I think. They will their pass rush will be average, which with their combined with their secondary and their excellent linebackers will be good enough to um, make their off place their offense in the top top third of the league. Uh, couple that with Russ Wilson, uh, DK Metcalf, uh, Tyler Lockett, and you're looking at your NFC representative for the Super Bowl. Well, that would be awesome. And the Rams, um, the, how can how can you how can you pick the Rams to over over the Seahawks with with everything the Ram everything the Rams have, have lost on defense? Yeah, and um, it, and they they pick them by two games. They're saying that the Rams are two games going to be two games better than the Seahawks this year. Well, I um, I agreed with you. Um, I picked the Seahawks as well in the NFC West. Um, I completely agree with you about the Rams. Um, and the 49ers, too. I don't know. They just had sort of this, I think, kind of magical run last year where a lot of things broke right. They went to the uh, Super Bowl, and I could definitely see kind of a hang-over um, type year to where they're good. Um, I'm actually more, more not not concerned, but just a team that I could see playing spoiler is the Cardinals. I think those that could. I think just it's a good division, and I don't see really any team that I think is going to just be an an, an uh, automatic win for the Hawks this year. I think 
all of the, of those those teams are good, but I think Pete Carroll coaches them well. I think they're used to winning close games. They're used to winning tough games. They're well managed. They're bringing back a lot of pieces. So I too picked the Hawks for the um, NFC West. Unfortunately, I would. Oh my gosh, I'd love if the Hawks could win the NFC. I would just think. I mean, that would just be epic. Um, unfortunately, I picked them losing in the NFC Championship to the Saints. To me, Drew, Drew Brees kind of feels like a John Elway-type story where he's kind of on his last ride. He had a few close calls. And to me, this is the year he finally gets back to the uh, Super Bowl. Um, so I actually picked the Saints over the Seahawks in the NFC Championship. But I hope you are right because that would be a lot of fun to see Russell uh, Wilson back in the uh, Super Bowl. Yeah, I think it. I think it's going to happen. We're going to have it's going to be a big Super Bowl. Seahawks and Chiefs, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, and uh, so who do you have winning? You have the Saints and the Chiefs. Who do you have? I have. Um, there, I don't think there's been a repeat Super Bowl winner for some time now, um, but I have the Chiefs winning. I think for all, and it's very chalky in the National Football League. You never know what's going to uh, happen. I think this is a strange year, and I think an experienced team like the Chiefs, who have been there, who have the most talent, it's hard for me to pick to pick a uh, against them. So, I think the last repeat winner we had was maybe the Patriots in the early two thousands. Yeah, um, it should have so, it should have been the Seahawks if we would have run the ball with Marshawn Lynch back in uh, uh, January 2015, the 2014 season. But yes, it, you were right. It was the Patriots, the 2003-2004 Patriots. So I think we'll see another repeat in the Mahomes dynasty begin. So I'll say Chiefs, the Super Bowl champions. And I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think they're... This is this is their year. There's a lot of a lot of good stuff coming coming out of camp. It's going to be tough. It's always it always is a tough Seahawks season. The ups and the ups and the downs. But I think they're going to pull it out this year in a wide open wide open NFC. I think they are very tight. Their program. They've Pete's had the program for. You know, ten years, so there's a lot of continuity. I think in, in COVID, I think um, what's going on now, uh, they're better prepared than than a lot of teams because of their continuity, consistency, um, to get it done. Well, awesome! That would be a lot of fun. Okay, so we're gonna lock and load our picks, and we'll we'll uh, do a midseason assessment. Well, beautiful. So we have the Seahawks and the Chiefs for our Super Bowl picks. That's right. And we do have some listener questions, and I want to thank um, all our listener questions. So our first one comes from Alex from Los Angeles, and he wants to know who we think, um, once Alex Trebek retires, should be the next host of Jeopardy. Well, it's a great question. Um, 
I've heard some names thrown around. I've heard um, the person, I think, on Turner Classic Movies who does the introduction yeah, to the that's movies. Who, I that's, that, that's my pick. It's Josh Mankiewicz. And he does, Josh. if you ever watch the Turner movie classics, um, you know, they, they, they often show shows from movies from the 90s and 80s. It's not just movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s, but um, I think he would be excellent. He's a good voice. I, I, I think he would be great too. But I'll stick with Ken Jennings. Um, I think he and Alex always had a good relationship. I think he's very funny. Um, you can always see that on screen. He has humor. I think he's younger. I think he'd bring a lot of fan excitement, and it would be kind of a good good um, kind of bridge between the old generation and the um, new. So I'll go with Ken Jennings. All right. Uh, our next question is from Ralph Lauren. And Michael Kors, they're both big fan, big fans of the show. All right, and they're they're both from New York, and they want to know what uh, what team that we feel has the best best uniform. And all sports are in all sports. Oh, that's a great question. Um, Best best uniform in all sports. I might have to think about that for so, a second. Do you have so a... my my thought is if if I I think of uh, baseball, it's hard it's hard to go against the Yankees and the pinstripes. I don't know. It's just you know the the tradition. I think I think uh, uh-huh. Ralph Lauren being a traditional designer would would agree with that. As far as football. Um, I always liked I always liked the uh, the look of the the Raiders and the Vikings and the helmet, but I, I'd have to go with the Seattle Seahawks because I think that their um, their emblems for shirts uh-huh. and and hats are the best. I don't know necessarily if like a, a when I look around and I see people wearing a Vikings t shirt. Or a Raiders T-shirt, or even a Cowboys yeah. T-shirt, because a lot of people talk about how the Cowboys have the best uniforms. Yeah, I guess for me, I think I tend to go. I think baseball logos or uniforms tend to be the most visually appealing. I mean, they kind of all they translate very well to hats. Um, they're not, you know, in the NBA, a lot of the jerseys look the same, and I think it's hard to kind of distinguish between. The jerseys and the NFL. I think some of the uniforms look great on TV, but it's harder for a fan to wear. I would agree with you. I think in the NFL, I think the two uniforms that stand out. I think the Seahawks and the Saints. I've always thought the Saints with kind of the Florida Lee and the gold and black is very classic. In baseball, two uniforms that really stand out to me. The first is kind of a, a homer pick, but I always thought the Dodgers is very iconic. I think they kind of the logo, the LA, you know, it's instantly recognizable. It's simple, and I think it kind of conveys a kind of like California spirit and yeah. kind of their their uniforms. That have, you know, the Dodger script is classic. I think the colors are are um, classic. But probably my favorite baseball uniform is actually the the A's. Um, I just think they're very unique colors. I think you know. 
most sports teams they have kind of a blue and red look, but the A's do green and and um, and uh, yellow, which I think could very easily go wrong. But I just think it's very classic the way they have the green hat, the yellow A, kind of the way the colors blend. I just think it looks very nice, and I think it just always looks very sharp to see on the baseball field that kind of green and uh, yellow. So I'd say the A's might be my favorite baseball uniform. Yeah, I like I like the A's, and and I agree with you. Some of the um, um, basketball uniforms or hockey uniforms kind of kind of blend together, and it's uh, so yeah. I like the the Dodgers. I think that's a good thought. Um, our next question is from Mark C from Dallas. Mark C. Oh, okay. And he wants to know. He thinks that uh, in his opinion, he said, guys, I think that uh, Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, is one of the best owners in professional sports. Um, but I would like to know what uh, owner or owners you think is the worst owners in, in professional sports. <sighs> so I will, I'll, I'll, I'll there are some bad ones. There, there are some bad ones. And, I, I you know, the New York is is – is is an amazing town. You have some of the most amazing people and you have some of the most people that are not so amazing. Okay. And so I think uh, New York has three of the worst owners in, in professional sports. One is James Dolan, the owner for, for the New York Dicks. Um, he's run that franchise into the ground. He's gone through a lot of general managers, Isaiah Thomas, uh, Phil Jackson, just, uh, you know, it's just one dysfunction after the other. Um, the other uh, bad owner from New York um, is Woody Johnson. I mean, he's, and rem- I, I, had, I, I don't remember if I said this in the podcast, but I told you when I heard that he was going to be in, ambassador to uh london i was i was worried for the u.s because i i made the comment that he screwed up the jets he's going to screw up our relationship with london and it it appears that he may have done that um so that's but he he also uh managed to um by him becoming the owner convince the greatest football coach in the world that he wanted no part part of the jets there's so many things that he's done so he's he's terrible and the Wilpons um, are my yes. third, my tri- trifecta of bad owners that reside in the great uh, city of New York. And, and they were involved in the made-up scandal. Um, they were involved in the um, Ponzi scheme in that um, they, were getting, they were getting most uh, – Madoff was paying them and not paying some of the other people. And of course, they claimed that they did not know it was a Ponzi scheme, but that illegal money allowed them to become owners for longer than they should have been. Now they're now now they're done. Um, I was hoping that they were going to sell to J Rod, um, but it seems like the, that he's not that they're not. So those are my three worst worst owners. It does seem like Steve. Um... What, what's the Mets' new owner? Yeah, Steve, Steve Cohen. Steve Cohen. 
that seems like he would be willing to invest in the Mets in a way they haven't been invested in for a long time. So that would be exciting. Um, I think your three picks are all, I was going to say great. Like they're all terrible, but as far as picking terrible owners, I think they're all great picks. Um, I have a trifecta as well. One of them is the same, James uh, Dolan. It just boggles my mind because New York City, it's kind of the mecca of basketball. I mean, just in, you know, just almost in every park in the city, there's probably a pickup basketball game go um, going on at some point. I mean, it just feels like basketball, especially pickup basketball, is just such a part of the city's culture and identity. So they have, you know, you know it's probably in one of the hot spots of the sport. You have a franchise that's probably worth billions of dollars, probably one of the most valuable franchises in the NBA. They play in probably the most famous arena in all of basketball. I mean, you know, I know it's hard in basketball, and you figure you might not win a championship every year, but you would figure there'd at least be the ingredients there to where it wouldn't be that hard to make a respectable team to attract players to form a respectable team, but just the amount of, it's just mind boggling. And I really feel for Knicks fans. I think um, Andrew Yang, who is a friend of the KNA Sports Picks podcast, he kind of had a similar journey view with the Jets, or he was a lifelong Knicks fan, and he just kind of had to eventually say, it's just it's too much. So Knicks fans, at KNA Sports Picks, we feel for you. Um, my two other owners, one, his teams haven't performed as badly, but I just think he's a terrible human being. Stan Kroenke, the huh. owner of the Rams, the owner, I think he also owns the Denver Nuggets, the Avalanche, and uh, Arsenal. And at Arsenal, I mean, that's my first strike. You know, he kind of just bought the team. He refuses to invest money. He's kind of disrespected all the fans of the club who have been involved for decades. He doesn't know anything about soccer. A lot of people just think he bought the team because his friends who owned, I think the uh, Glazers bought Man U. So he kind of did it to keep up with them. Um, but then just the way he treated the city of St. Uh, Louis in the nineties, the early nineties, he made them build a taxpayer funded stadium. And then 25 years later, when they wouldn't build him a new one, he moved the Rams to um, L.A. I think it made no sense. I think the Chargers should have were the logical choice right. to move to that city. I think it was just pure greed. I mean, in L.A., I don't think they care about the Rams that much. They even went to the uh, Super Bowl, and I don't think they care about the Rams that much. It's just I don't think he cares about any of his fans or culture or the city where his team's reside in it's all about cash and then the third is dan snyder i know it kind of feels like kicking a dog while it's down and i definitely relate because he's he was put in a tough position you know he bought the team with the name no matter what people were going to be upset but he just has not handled that well from a pr perspective you know i think a lot of redskins fans get the sense that he never changed the name because it was the right thing to do. He caved to corporate pressure and 
he's just also kind of an iconic team in a historic city with a rich history. And I think just from what I've read from, I was going to say Redskins fans, but now Washington football, football team, team fans, um, there's just been no communication with the fans. He kind of built an awful stadium. Then, then there's the fans. There's just been no communication, and he's just had so many chances to do things differently. And I think he has no one to blame but himself for the reason that the Washington football team finds itself where it is now. So I hope for because you know as a Cowboys. As a former uh, Cowboys fan, it was fun when the Washington football team was doing well, so I'd love to see them get back, but I think he has to sell that team because he's another owner where I don't think he cares about the fans or the players or doing the right thing. It's just all about cash and his bottom line. So. Yeah, those are some bad owners. <laughs> so, Mark, um, I hope that answered your question. But Mark, you're right. Mark Cuban... As a Mavericks fan, we are very appreciative. He seems like a nice guy, and he has done a great job with that team. Yep, and also Paul and now Joan Allen. Um, the Allens have been great owners of the Seahawks. Um, so our last question comes uh, from Ancient Greece, from, from right. Seneca. And he wants to know, like, what saying do people spout off that – just seems to you like a bunch of BS. Um, so I'll go, I'll go first. Um, the saying that I think is just a bunch of BS is when you hear people say, um, um, do what you love and the money will follow. Well, if I did what I loved, sitting down eating a piece of pizza on the, <laughs> on the couch, rot, watching a rerun of The Office, I don't think I'm going to get paid for that. That's a good point. Um, great question, uh, Seneca. I'd say the saying, everything happens for a reason. I think people say that a lot, but sometimes life is just random and bad things happen and there's no kind of reason or higher meaning to it. Sometimes just bad things happen to good folks and that's just part of life and I think it kind of just demeans it or degrades it or it's one of those things people say that tries to help but doesn't really so that's yeah. my saying I agree so Seneca you can do what you want with our with our thoughts there so any uh, anything you're going to be following in the next week or two yeah well like I said kind of the the Rangers are so far out and the Dodgers are so far up that baseball is not the most exciting right now. Um, so I'm kind of just waiting for the playoffs to start. Um, follow, I'll follow the um, NHL playoffs. Love to see New York go on a run, so I'll follow that. And yeah, just kind of it's going to be weird with no, you know, games before the start of of the uh, year. So the NFL, but kind of just follow with what's going on in camps, kind of seeing how that all develops. And college football, it's going to be interesting to see. And it kind of feels like a big mess right now. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how those SEC and Big 12 schools do. Yeah, I think I saw our beloved Central Arkansas play, <laughs> play the other they week. They play Austin P. They played Austin P. 
how the greatness of yeah, Austin Peay. So I was was walking walking in the streets here, and you know, passing passing by a restaurant, and they they had what looked like a football game on. I was like, "There's no exhibition games going on. What could that be?" And I looked closer, and sure enough, it was Central Arkansas against Austin P. So I guess well, I'm a big Austin P. guy. <laughs> Yeah, so just it's going to be interesting to see what we've seen, what other sports have looked like um, during COVID. So it'll be interesting to see how the NFL hand, handles the crowd noise and all the graphics. The yep. Fake fans on Zoom. Fake um, fans. Yep. So, Bye. anyways, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it has been. Hopefully, we can come back and see how off our picks were mid-season and maybe we can do another show if the islanders continue to make a playoff run that's right that would be great we could do a stanley cup live stanley cup performance well folks we're signing off until next time have a good one